0: Hello again from Paul and... From Rachel. And here we are. December the 2nd, day two of our Advent calendar.
1: And we've all made it through And the 2nd of December.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they said it wouldn't last how wrong they were.
1: I know. So we are one day into our journey and we're thinking about journeys and travelling today and we're going to start off with our son Joe singing a little song. Now this was when he was um, a sweet little chorister in Cambridge and he's going to sing How Far Is It to Bethlehem. sweet. Very sweet. (laughs) He's not sweet now.
0: (laughs) So that was recorded when Joe was just nine years old. And as Rachel said, he'd just started as a a chorister at St. John's College in Cambridge. And he's now a thunking great teenager. 18 year old. He's six inches taller than both of us, with a deep voice, uh, singing basso profondo. So times move on, don't they?
1: They do, they do. But it's a good good little carol to think about travelling. And uh, travelling really sort of has come to our minds because we are talking donkeys. We are always going to be talking about donkeys for the next month because donkeys are our passion, aren't they?
0: Let me just explain that when Rachel and I married many years ago, Uh, Instead of going to the Seychelles or somewhere exotic for our honeymoon, we went to a folk festival in Sidmouth and we stayed in the in the lee, the shade of the donkey sanctuary at Sidmouth. And that really made Rachel's year. It was nothing to do with getting married or having a honeymoon. She just wanted to stay by the donkey sanctuary.
1: And I achieved my ultimate ambition when we welcomed two donkeys into our family. And they came from Sidmouth, from the donkey sanctuary. And as the van, the donkey van came up the drive, Paul said to me, this is the happiest day of your life, isn't it? And I had to agree that it was. It was just Oh, the culmination of All My Dreams Come True, seeing the Sidmouth Donkey Sanctuary van bringing us two wonderful donkeys. So
0: we are now official donkey guardians.
1: We are. We have the badgers.
0: And for anyone who's got a little bit of space in their back garden or a a field or whatever, that you can become a donkey guardian um, taking... Uh, donkeys from the sanctuary at Sidmouth and they've got literally hundreds to spare and they are desperate for people to to give good homes to these animals. So, um, yeah. But having said
1: that, they're incredibly strict and they they come and they do two... Um, inspections per year and uh, they they make sure that the donkeys are always really well cared for which is wonderful.
0: Five star accommodation
1: They do, they do but they are the most giving of animals they are so wonderful they give back like a dog gives back and we've got a couple of horses as well which are rescues and they're real drama queens whereas the donkeys are just always so stable, so gentle and so loving
0: so, there is this story, of course, about travelling to Bethlehem, and everyone assumes that Mary and Joseph went on a donkey. Whereas, actually, if you read the Bible, there's no reference to donkeys at all.
1: Okay. Okay, but we always think of Mary sitting on her donkey's back, don't we? Um, And I have to say, they are so small, and it breaks my heart to think in Greece and various countries where tourists, big fat men, go and sit on donkeys. And I just think, I I couldn't get onto one of our donkeys. I would just feel so guilty about it, even though they are incredibly strong. But... um, I'm sure.
0: We could go on for a long time we about We could, we animal.
1: could. Yes. yes. So actually, <laughs> moving on from donkeys to jumbo jets, which is a little bit from one extreme to another, isn't yes, it? Yes, we said that we would speed. look
0: back in uh, what has happened on this day in years gone by. And on December the 2nd, Crikey. It was back in
1: 1969
0: mm-hmm. that the jumbo jet, the uh, Boeing 747, actually achieved its certificate of airworthiness. Can you imagine being the pilot who for the first time had to get this thing off the ground, mm-hmm. what it must have felt like?
1: Yes, I mean, whenever we've been to airports and you sit and look at jumbo jets and you think, how on earth do they rise off the ground? It just never ceases to amaze me. I
0: still don't believe they do. Mm-hmm. I think it's <laughs> an optical illusion.
1: <laughs> oh dear, but what else happened in 1969 then, Paul?
0: Well, I was just going to say about jumbos okay, for a second. Okay, on. Of course, we've gone through an era with the jumbo jet because this year... So many fleets from British Airways, KLM and others have been grounded, yeah. probably for the last time. And that is a whole, uh, I was going to say an era. Yes, it is an era of it travel, is. isn't it? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, it mm-hmm. came and went in our lifetimes.
2: Yes,
0: And it was accelerated by the COVID situation, but it was on the horizon anyway, because let's face it, these, uh, these beasts are not very ego friendly. And their time had come. There is a video, which I just saw on YouTube today, if you look it up, of a jumbo jet actually being <laughs> being eaten alive by a, a dismantling crew. This crane goes up to a, a Wamos Air a jumbo in Catalonia and it, it just eats into the nose of this plane, mm. which must have cost millions and millions of, of dollars to build and they're literally tearing it apart on the runway. It's a very sad sight to see.
1: Yeah. I'd, I'd heard that there was a sort of graveyard for jumbo jets somewhere in this country. And I was thinking they would be going cheap and going on eBay.
0: It's budgies that go cheap, not jumbo's.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of your jokes? Oh, all right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: that was a bit of history.
1: Yes, yes. But also in 1969, it was a real, real year for travel, wasn't it?
0: Because of the Apollo moon landing.
1: Yes, absolutely. Do you remember that? It
0: was one small step.
1: Yeah. Oh, we we have an argument about this every time. Go on. (laughs) Go on. Give your point of view.
0: All right, folks. Look, everybody thinks that when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, he said... One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Which he did. Well, OK. Whenever I listen to that quote, and perhaps we should dig out the, uh, the the bit of audio and play it. But I am convinced, absolutely convinced that what he said was one vast leap for mankind. I just cannot hear him say the word giant. I've listened to it hundreds of times and... He says vast. I'm sure he says vast. I
1: can't hear vast at all. It's like one of those optical illusion things, isn't it, really? OK, I think we should have a vote. That's one
3: small step for man, one giant
0: leap for mankind. <laughs> I think both of our listeners should decide yeah. what to- <laughs> What he actually said. OK, there's one for you to go and, and ponder upon.
1: And the other thing is the QE2, Queen Elizabeth II, the huge cruise liner that was the absolutely the, the height of luxury, wasn't it? For I going remember we past- had a day
0: off school to watch it being Did launched. you have a day off? Well, a morning off maybe. Oh,
1: right. Yes. I remember them wheeling a television into the classroom and we all sat and watched it. It was so exciting. We didn't realise that we were in such a historical year, did we? Mm-hmm. I suppose each year is a
0: bit historical. This year has certainly been historical.
1: Yeah, it has. It has. But during this year, a lot of people have travelled on in their own life. Perhaps they haven't travelled miles and miles and miles. But they've made the most of the situation that's been Put in front of them we'd like to introduce a friend of ours to you. Her name is Trish, and during the lockdown or the start of the lockdown, she heard that the hospitals in Bristol were desperate at that time for scrub caps, which are the hats that they doctors and nurses wear to keep their hair um, out of the way. Trish decided that she would contact friends. She put out calls on Facebook and all sorts of places. And she got a group of sewers together. And she was very keen to make a connection with people she knew and people she didn't know at all. And this developed into a little sort of home industry that kept a lot of people busy over the whole of the first lockdown period.
0: So we it to Trish that this exercise really had made a connection between a lot of people who came together for this purpose and really felt a a sense of spirit together.
4: Yes, because, you know, I I had a list of all the girls that had contacted me and, you know, they would send me messages. We set up a little WhatsApp group and I think people just, as you say, felt that they they wanted to be useful and it was a way of just coming together and I mean, I had one lady whose sewing machine was literally dusty. She hadn't had it out for years and she got it out and she started doing the caps for me and she was really enjoying it. And I think it's probably shown people that they can achieve a lot more than they thought they could. And when you're working together with a group, it does make it a lot more interesting and a lot more, you know, worthwhile. So it's helped them mentally as well as anything else, to keep themselves busy when we haven't been able to see friends and family.
0: You, I and Rachel, are, of course, far too young and frisky to remember (laughs) all that I'm going to talk about. But it it kind of reminds me of what grandma used to tell me about the war years, uh, where people pulling together in adversity. Yes,
4: absolutely, yes. And I think that's what COVID actually has, something that it has actually brought out in everybody is the... Is the community feel, everybody pulling together and just helping. Um, And it has made a difference. I mean, we're very small, but in a very small way, we've made a difference. I mean, we had one lovely anecdote, I'll have to tell you. I mean, you could put it if you wanted to. But um, when we started um, with the homes... I was working with Rotary and they did all the phoning for me. They phoned around the nursing homes trying to to get orders. And sizes, obviously, for the scrubs, because we did small, medium, large and extra large. And uh, one of our chaps phoned this home up and was talking to this um, nurse, head nurse, and she said, oh, we would just love some of your scrubs. So then they got down to talking about sizes. And she very sheepishly said to this guy, she said, "Um, do you only go up to an extra large? She said, because um, I'm a 54-inch bust. (laughs) Well, this poor guy didn't know what to do with himself at the end of the phone. He sort of gulped because he had no idea of sizes and what (laughs) size they would fit. And, of course, she can't get scrubs anywhere. I mean, Mm -hmm. she was a 3XL. But we managed to make them for her, you know. So um, poor old Chris, he didn't know what to, he didn't know <laughs> quite what how to he said, I'll get somebody to get back to you <laughs> to discuss the sizes. And I think that's that's what's all important about it. I mean, I had I a had little experience with my GP practice. Um, I had to go for my flu jab, and the doctor that treated me when I was sick was giving me my flu jab, and she had a, a scrub on which I remarked on and um, she said to me these are absolutely horrible she said I hate wearing them and I said to her would she like me to make some scrubs and explain what we were doing so um, I took two scrubs in for her and a week later I had a request from all the other doctors that they wanted um, seven sets of scrubs please for West Hartree surgery the hospitalisation
0: rate has been growing again just in recent weeks and uh, we're now heading yeah. into Christmas. Uh, what, what's going to happen over the Christmas period?
4: Well, unfortunately, I mean, when we came out of lockdown in whenever it was, July or something, my husband actually said to me, oh, oh I guess you're, you're going to stop now. And I, and I said to him, I looked at him and I said, we're going to have a hard winter. And I think people that are not medical... I find it very hard to understand how these things work and I think you just have to listen to people that are interviewed on the news, that some of them just don't get what this virus is and how it spreads and they think they can go out and enjoy themselves and you know when the rates are coming down but unfortunately we have to pay for it later on and I think with Christmas we are probably going to head into another spike in January. So until we get the vaccine rolled out, I think people will still behave as they want to behave over Christmas. And I I wonder what will happen at New Year as well.
0: So, if you were with us yesterday, you'll know that we had the the Reverend Simon Lewis, who is joining us every day on this podcast, with his Christmas story. And he asked that question: What do you do when an angel pops up and says that you're about to have a child?
1: I think it would be a bit of a shock for me on several levels. It was
0: a shock for Mary too. Uh, it was, according yes. to the story. Anyway, mm. so. Um, Here's Simon again with part two of the Christmas story.
3: On this second day of December, today's Bible passage is Luke chapter one, verse 30. The angel said to Mary, don't be afraid, Mary. God has been gracious to you. Now, here's the question. Why gracious? What does gracious to you mean? Here is my take. Gracious in terms as we use it in our day-to-day lives means being kind and pleasant to someone. But in the meaning of the nativity story, it is so, so much more. It is about God responding to someone who is, yes, full of goodness, oozes kindness, never stops caring, basically is loving, seeks to do those things in what they think, say and do but who also has their mind on God as the source of these things. We are told that is who Mary is, an ordinary peasant girl, who, as I said yesterday, was probably between the ages of 12 and 15, living an ordinary life. But please remember, when this happened over 2,020 years ago, give or take a year, a life for a girl was very very different. It is most likely that this ordinary girl was performing ordinary domestic duties around the house when the messenger sent by God arrived. And because of who Mary is, God is responding to her graciously. I suppose it's all about reaping what you sow. Our unconscious behaviour, demeanour and how that attracts others either towards us or away from us. Can we all be loving? Well, the answer is yes. But I'd add, we can't do it alone. And so we aren't always loving.
1: 2004, a film came into the cinemas called Polar Express, and it's been a part of our annual Christmas festivities, just watching it. It's a lovely, lovely film, isn't it? It is,
0: and, and very clever, too, with the way that yes. it's animated. Yes,
1: yeah. yes. But it's a family film, and it deals with friendships, really serious friendships, and lives that are not easy and Children who are are hurt psychologically, but everything comes right, and it's a lovely, heartwarming film that makes you feel better, and you want to shed a, cheer, a tear, don't you? It's a film. At the end. <laughs>
0: it's a film very much about uh, losing your youth, isn't it? And you're losing innocence yes. and uh, the beliefs that we had at the time. And I, I never feel, fail to cry <laughs> at the it's, end of it.
1: Very, very wonderful, isn't it? There are a couple of songs that we've taken from that, and we're going to do one for you now. It's called Believe, and I think it's just very simple, but it's so beautiful and very like the film. Gives you a good flavour of it. Yeah.
0: So, over to the piano, Rachel.
2: (laughs) Children. Do
0: Okay, folks, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed all that, and uh, we will be back tomorrow with lots more fun and Christmas frolics.
1: Yeah, you haven't given us a joke yet, Paul. I mean, we've got to the end of the second day without a poor, bad, appalling joke.
0: Okay, Uh, so here's one. Yes. Okay, are you ready for this?
1: I'm ready. (laughs) I'm I'm prepared. I'm on the edge of my seat.
0: So, who hides in the bakery at Christmas?
1: I don't know, Paul. Who hides in the bakery at Christmas?
0: A mint spy. <laughs> Perhaps I shouldn't have bothered. OK, folks, see you tomorrow. Bye.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye.